Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is the 22nd of January, the 22nd day of 2024. We have 343 days ahead of us on our way to 2025. Being English romantic poet Gordon Lord Byron's birthday today, perhaps one of the opening stanzas of his Child Herald's Pilgrimage would be in order. Oh, let that eye, which wild as the gazelles, now brightly bold or beautifully shy, wins as it wanders, dazzles where it dwells, glance o'er this page, nor to my verse deny that smile for which my breast might vainly sigh. Could I to thee be evermore than friend, this much, dear maid, accord, nor question why to one so young my strain I would commend, but bid me with my wreath one matchless lily blend. We are daily in a dazzle this past week with the return of snow and cold, prompting perhaps the remembrance in some of us of the stark contrasts of summer when we had no more clothes to take off and we were still uncomfortably heated. Thinking now of such times then helps me cope with temperatures below the donut. A century after Byron, American poet Ezra Pound would declare, Literature is news that stays news, for indeed what does the news afford us? Jake Planer, an old-timer working away down east in Jonesport, once told me, The news is largely an index of how generally clueless we are, how much we want to manage that ignorance by imposing rules or laws of one sort or another, and how we laud ourselves all along the way, endlessly bestowing upon each other diverse and sundry kudos, awards, prizes, and perpetual accolades to fuel the pom-poms of our anxiety." Heavenward tonight, the northern sky's two most prominent sky patterns, the constellation Cassiopeia the Queen, opposite that of the Big Dipper, a.k.a. Ursa Major, will circle around the North Star, also called Polaris. And on Thursday, we will have January's full moon, the Wolf Moon, known variously as the Cold Moon, the Center Moon, the Frost Exploding Moon, the Freeze-Up Moon, the Severe Moon, the Hard Moon, the Canada Goose Goose Moon, the Great Moon, the Greetings Moon, and the Spirit Moon. Today in 1842, Charles Dickens and his wife Catherine arrived in Boston for his first visit to America, eventually hobnobbing with numerous famous folks, including Maine's own Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Today in 1908, Katie Mulcahy was arrested for lighting a cigarette, violating the one-day-old Sullivan Ordinance, banning women from smoking in public, and was fined $5. Appearing before a judge, she stated, I've got as much a right to smoke as you have. I have never heard of this new law, and I don't want to hear about it. No man shall dictate to me. Today in 1909, painter Vasily Kandinsky formed the Kunstelverein in Munich, Germany. Today in 1947, the first TV station west of the Mississippi River, KTLA, opened in Hollywood, California. Today in 1959, Buddy Holly made his last recordings in his New York City apartment, alone with an acoustic guitar. Among the five songs were Peggy Sue and Crying, Waiting, Hoping, which were embellished, overdubbed, and released posthumously by Choral Records. And today in 1973, the U.S. Supreme Court made its landmark decision in Roe v. Wade, legalizing most abortions. 
Today in 1788 in London, England, George Gordon was born to Captain John Mad Jack Byron and Catherine Gordon of Gecht, Scotland. Biographers have conjectured that Mad Jack Byron likely married Catherine for her large fortune, as she was short, chubby, vulgar, unpleasant, and prone to fling large objects when she was angry. Not that Mad Jack was any paragon of virtues himself, since he drank too much, so by the time young George was only three years old, his father had spent most of his mother's fortune and abandoned them both. After running off to France, Captain John was soon dead. Fortunately, however, one of his noble relatives also had died, so that young George inherited a peerage, becoming, at age ten, George Gordon, Lord Byron, though not much money came with the title. Yet the title provided the young lad an entrance into British high society, his poetry was published, and his fame assured as the hell-raising poet Lord Byron, whose DNA apparently included all the vices of both his parents, along with, according to at least one biographer, the sex drive of a small city. George Gordon Lord Byron hence became perhaps the flashiest of the English romantic poets, and certainly the prototype for the Byronic hero, though his traveling buddy Percy Shelley and Shelley's young companion Mary were totally up to the task of achieving immortality as well in the British literary canon. Today is also the birthday in 1440 of Grand Prince of Moscow and Russia, Ivan the Great. In 1561, of the English statesman and philosopher who insisted on empirical evidence, Francis Bacon. In 1645, of Scottish pirate and privateer William Kidd. In 1875, of American film director D.W. Griffith. In 1887, of American poet Helen Hoyt. In 1897, of American gospel blues singer and guitarist Blind Willie Johnson. In 1904, of Russian-American ballet choreographer and founder of the New York City Ballet, George Balanchine. In 1907, of American pilot Douglas Wrong Way Corrigan, and of Dutch actress Mary Dress Dresselhuis. In 1908, of American blues harmonica player Hammy Nixon. In 1909, of the third Secretary General of the United Nations, U Tant. In 1931, one of American soul singer Sam Cooke. In 1932, of American actress Piper Laurie. In 1934, of American actor Bill Bixby. In 1940, of English actor John Hurt. In 1949, of American rock vocalist Steve Perry. And of American drummer Vinnie Mad Dog Lopez. In 1951, of American Hammond B3 organist Dick Sims. And in 1959, of American actress Linda Blair. From Orono, Maine, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Here's to the fifth week of winter and to the fourth week of 2024.